0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Pick 6. That's right. I'm here. I'm Eric Crane and I'm joined with by two of the best in the entire industry. We got Rich Rebar and Evan Silva. Now we're doing things a little bit differently today. Earlier today, Rich and I we did a uh, we did a play draft and we've been talking about a lot of best ball strategies. So we said, Well, hell, let's go ahead and do one ourselves. Rich, it was kind of a good time, wasn't it?
1: It was a good time. I mean, uh, I don't really wear drafts uh, on my face too often, but this one, man, was rough. I put on a pretty good display on what not to do at the turn so we could talk about that uh, as, we, as we delve into this a little deeper. But it was a good time, and we you filled that thing up in probably 30 seconds.
0: I, I think it was faster than 30 seconds, man. I was sitting around like – I texted you, I'm like, man, well, hopefully we can get this filled. It's a 12-man, yeah, I guess we'll try and get it filled. And I posted it, and you guys out there, you guys did a heck of a job because it was filled in roughly seven seconds. Now, Evan, Evan was too busy being a big time on Reddit to join us today, but I understand, Evan. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well. I actually had to take my kid to uh, go get a checkup before, before she starts kindergarten. So that's why I couldn't participate in the draft. Um, but I'm excited to break this draft down. And um, I think that you guys are both pretty excited about your teams. Uh, you know, except for Reeves. You already said that his team is pretty bad.
0: Yeah, Reeves so. Reeves says his teams, well, it's uh it's not good. Now, Reeves, you and I had an issue because you can you kept taking my players and I was not very happy about that. Now you sound like you're not even you don't even want your team. So my players are in your team and they're feeling a little bit hurt because you don't even want them. This this I, I feel like there are some children out there with the same issue, but i'm I'm awfully upset right now,
1: yeah, that, that that happens. I mean, you you were going back and forth, but you got me back on a few snipes because you were pick a ten, I was pick twelve, right? Yeah. Uh, you got me back a couple times to the middle, uh, you know, towards that middle later portion of the draft that really kind of threw off what I wanted to do um, and forced me into a really dark place <laughs> in the onesie positions. A <laughs>
0: really dark place. I like hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead. I'm gonna we got we're gonna throw some graphics up on the on the screen right now. But the participants were having the first over overall pick was M Bellman seven nine six seven. Then we had Mattman 91. Pat Thorman was in there. Gutsab was in there. Dean's Ten Percent, which is an excellent, excellent screen name. We got K.W. Wagner, Ryan Cooper, Below Above, myself, Raider Nation, Slim, and then Lord Reeb. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and throw out the graphics for the first round. Reeb's it went pretty, uh, pretty chalky here in the first round, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't go back and see the draft board, so we're just gonna to have to pretend that we can. I mean, uh, my my approach in these in these play draft leagues, which isn't full point PPR, is I try to structure my teams around the running back position and touchdown upside and kind of go from there since it's not the full PPR. Uh, so that's kind of what I look to do. Um, I missed out on like I wanted to go double up backs, but, you know, Melvin Gordon was gone. Um, I kind of was like, all right, so I'm going to split the baby here. So I got DeMarco Murray and Jordy, you know, two two high touchdown guys, you know, and then, you know, high volume guys too, DeMarco Murray. So, I mean, I was happy with the way it started and the way I was attacked the running back position early. I mean, who would you take at 10, Gordon? I No, that's where I took I took your boy Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I love getting Gordon in a running back there at the turn, and then coming and hitting receiver. But uh, yeah, with Gordon gone, I, I just went Jordy.
0: I was, little, I'm, I'm glad that you wanted uh, Melvin Gordon. That makes me feel a little bit better about all the times you sniped me. Evan, do you have our first round up, or do you even have a microphone? Oh, I see the little microphone. Professor. You got it there. There we go. Got
2: me. Got me. <laughs> Good um, yeah, yeah, I can see the first round. I would say that the most surprising pick would probably be Devonte Freeman at 1.08. But because this league is so, you know, I mean, these drafts are so running back friendly, and the running the, the the running backs go so quickly in these leagues, and Devonte Freeman has, you know, that touchdown upside and such a great offense. I don't think it's a bad pick. I think it's a little surprising that he went ahead of Melvin Gordon, um, but. Falcons have a better schedule this year uh, than the Chargers. Devonta Freeman has done it for multiple years. Melvin Gordon has only been you know good in fantasy for one year. And I mean, I think that you know as there were some inefficiencies to his game even last year. Um, So I don't think it's a dumb pick. Um, I I will be interested to see you know what what do you guys think of locking up that backfield coming back and taking Tevin Freeman, Tevin Coleman in like the fifth round. You know, is that a strategy that you guys would be willing to take in a league like this? Yeah, I have no
0: problem with that just because you know you know the Falcons they're going to run so many plays and we know Coleman and we know Freeman are both going to be involved and if one of them gets hurt, I mean that other one just turns into a bell cow, right Reeps?
1: Yeah, my only problem is the the draft capital that's required. When we're talking about running back stacks, you know, we're talking about either the Tampa Bay guys or you know the the Saints ones we talk about frequently. Like those are guys you can get, you know, fifth round plus both guys. Here you're talking fifth round and above for both guys. So you're using two top picks, you know, to lock up you know one one position essentially, which makes it a lot harder to do. So I mean, Coleman's a guy I just frequently don't have on my rosters just based on where I value him and where he goes in drafts
0: okay so anybody else in the first round that surprised you Reeves
1: um no it was pretty much just as as first rounds go all right well
0: let's go ahead and talk about our second round and Reeves you said you had the turn you had the 12th pick that means you had the first pick in the uh, second round and you went with Jordy Nelson with that pick is that somebody you were targeting or was that just kind of who felt you in that spot
1: yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of, I, I like to go RBRB there a lot at the turn that time. I looked at, you know, the receivers that were probably going to be back there, you know, when it comes back to three, four. Uh, so I wanted to just take a high, you know, high upside guy of touchdowns. And I mean, who who has more touchdowns like a wide receiver, position than Jordy Nelson. I also like Jordy Nelson's draft spot a lot this year. Because even at age 32, like he's, we know what we're getting from Jordy Nelson and all the players surrounding his ADP are all guys with very limited bodies of work. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like he's one of the safest picks in like his group of like six to eight players that he goes in and drafts. Um, I, you know what you're going to get. There's going to be a little bit of touchdown aggression there too. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, is, is, is going to stave a good amount of that off. So, I mean, I like his draft slot and drafts period this year.
0: Well, you mentioned limited bodies of work. Um, I want to talk about limited bodies because I was sitting there with the fourth pick in this round, and Rob Gronkowski was sitting there staring at me. Evan, is this a good spot for Gronk? Should I have should I have pass on him? Because I really struggled this with with this because I've been targeting Jimmy Graham a lot later in drafts, but I saw Gronk available, you know, early in the second, and I go, "All right, let's roll the dice." What do you think?
2: I mean, I. I never knock someone for wanting to draft Gronkowski, you know, especially in a, in a league like this, where, you know, the scoring is more heavily tilted toward touchdowns because, you know, a 15, 16, 17, 18 touchdown sort of season is within Rob Gronkowski's potential range of outcomes. And that's not the case for, you know, know, maybe maybe three or four other players in the entire NFL you know so um a a great pick in that in this format and certainly a great pick anywhere in round two
0: so Reeves when you're looking at the rest of how this second round shook up we had Jay Jay go obviously I mean are you concerned at all about Jay Jay and what's happening with him
1: I am a little bit just on based on what how Jay Ajayi accrued fantasy points last year. I mean, he lived on a lot of splash games, which was generated on a lot of splash runs. He didn't catch the football. I mean, he had one or fewer receptions in eight of his 12 starts. Um, so, I mean, there's a, a little worry there with Jay Ajayi that he's got, like, the, the Melvin Gordon crust on him, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of guys there. Ajayi, Howard, uh, Michael Thomas, a lot of guys in that area that were going off a very small sample of these guys elevated to that that kind of capital. So, I mean, it, it, to, to see multiple of those guys, like, kind of come back to earth into the middle of the pack and fantasy wouldn't be shocking at all. Um, but we do know the ceiling is there as well. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ajayi's a guy. I, he's not. He's not a guy I've really frequently, frequently grabbed often, but I have sporadically just to get a little bit of exposure because we know where the ceiling is.
0: Yeah, he, he wasn't somebody I was going to consider with that pick. I kept kind of staring at Gronk. Uh, I, you know, I wanted a running back is what I wanted, but I didn't like a guy. I didn't like Howard. I wanted Demarco, but he was obviously never going to get back to me. Evan, what do you make of the second round? Who who do you think did well? Who do you think said eh, I'm not so sure? Um, well,
2: I just wanted to say that. With Ajayi, he's got as many bust red flags as any player that is being drafted in the first two rounds consistently. And, I mean, I myself have have taken him a few times because he's got that assured workload. But being on a team that is likely to regress, I mean, they were a major overachiever last year. They just lost their quarterback. Um, You know, they are likely to regress this season. They're, you know, and he's already got a concussion. I mean, you know, if different for, um, players that make it through training camp, you know, with, with with no concussions, I mean, if he gets a concussion, you know, I mean, I, I would say that he's probably a little bit more likely than the average player to have to miss a game or two. Um, so, Jay Ajayi is, you know, he, he's a huge risk. And that interior of that offensive line could be just trash again. I mean, they brought back Jermon Bushrod, who was a garbage right guard last year. He is the starting right guard. They just lost their left guard, Todd Ted Larson, uh, to a torn biceps. And then the the health of Mike Pouncey is always really shaky. You know, the, the breakout last year of Jay Ajayi reminds me a lot of Jeremy Hill in 2014, Um, where he is like a big bulldozer back, not necessarily especially savvy in the passing game, had a really low success rate uh, on football outsiders. You know, he again, Reeves kind of alluded to it. He was a big splash play running back. um, And, you know, but he wasn't successful on a play to play basis. Um, and And he's got that knee, you know, those knee issues that will probably always hang over his head. Uh, that, that cost him a bunch of draft slots when, when he came out of uh, Boise State. So he's a really very second-round pick. T.Y. Hilton in the second round with so much uncertainty about the Colts quarterback situation right now. You know, Colts players right now are very, very risky to me. I mean, I, I stopped drafting Jack Doyle a while ago, you know, just, just focusing on Delaney Walker and Martellus Bennett um, and Kyle Rudolph. Um, And then, uh, you know, it it obviously would hurt Dante. It would would just, it would kill everyone in this offense if he were to miss, you know, five or six games, which has been rumored. I mean, Jason McCampfor and ESPN's Adam Schefter have now both uh, suggested openly that Andrew Luck could miss the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, and I'm a little bit concerned about that. As we'll find out, I think in the what is that in the seventh round you're going to find out why I'm concerned about uh, Andrew Luck. By the way, guys, if you want to follow this entire draft that we did, um, it's not a perfect graphic by any means, but I just tweeted out all eight, a photo of all 18 rounds of this play draft on my Twitter account. That's at Eric Crane E R I C C R A I N. So you can check that if you want. It's uh, like I said, I know it's not pretty. Just go and get the job done, not unlike myself um what do we think rich about deandre hopkins going at 12-2 because he's somebody i just want nothing to do with this year
1: yeah i mean the receivers kind of in this in this format like i said aren't, aren't as heavy as they are in like a full ppr site like the like mfls are popular um so i mean and then you take a guy like deandre hopkins he hasn't had a lot of touchdown success in his career himself then we know deshaun watson's gonna you know take over and play at some point in the season it looks like a probably a good window is after the quarter turn of the season probably like week five is, is, is when he could be as early as if he doesn't win the job outright, that is, which I still think is, is, has some probability of happening. So, I mean, we know that rookie, rookie quarterback play hasn't been, you know, hasn't aided, you know, wide receiver one production. And that's what you're taking DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver one. So, I mean, I think he's a guy that, you're just not getting any discount on what we saw him as a player for basically a largest portion of his career outside of an eight game stretch where Houston was trailing consistently on the scoreboard and throwing the ball at will, you know, that front half of the 2015 season, that's not the team they're going to be. They're going to be playing games tight to the vest. He's not going to push 190 targets like he did that year. Uh, So, I mean, he's one guy that I just have not been able to grasp, you know, everyone bouncing right back on the ADP on.
0: All right, well, let's go on to round three. And we had Keenan Allen taken at 3.1. Rich, you ended this round with Marshawn Lynch. We'll get to that later, especially after our show two weeks ago. Um, Evan, when we're looking at round three, we see Lamar Miller, Ty Montgomery. We saw a small a small run on running backs. We saw Kelsey go there. Joe Mixon went a little bit after, after a few of the running backs. What surprised you in round three? <laughs>
2: You know, round three for me is just the absolute worst round this year. I mean, I feel like every time I'm drafting the third round, I end up with someone that I don't want. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's Joe Mixon, who I don't feel great about his floor or his – well, I, I I feel good about his ceiling, but his ceiling could easily be capped, you know, getting, getting hit both ways by Jeremy Hill at the goal line and Giovanni Bernard in the passing game. Lamar Miller is – you know, he's – He's, he's tough to pull the trigger on this year um you know even though I mean I think his, his lead back role is safe but he's another guy who could get hit at the goal line by Dante Foreman Dante Foreman by the way is one of the guys I'm excited to watch tomorrow night uh, in uh, in preseason action um you know I and I know Reeves is, is uh, Reeves has identified Travis Kelsey as a guy who's been severely overdrafted. But because of how bad this third round is and because Kelsey does have a great floor and, you know, a a, a ceiling that he could attain if he just gets, you know, some solid touchdown luck. I mean, you know, I I think that Travis Kelsey is a guy that I've been looking at a lot in the third round, even though I I think Reeves thinks it's a reach.
0: Uh, Speaking of reach, Reeves, at the end of the round – Marshawn now I don't, I didn't think any of us wanted any shares of Marshawn so I was a little bit surprised to see you take him
1: I've talked about it on this podcast several times that <sighs> I'm going to get all of my Marshawn exposure in these best ball leagues man this year for the range of out his his range of outcomes is so wild he could easily score a dozen touchdowns though and I don't want to be shut out of that like there's no way I'm going to in a weekly league pay the cost for him but in these best ball leagues where I can build insulation around my roster I mean and especially in a format like this which is touchdown driven I mean I've I've said multiple times in the show, like he's a guy of this is where I'm getting my March exposure, man, that three four turn uh, in these leagues. You know, I'm gonna these are the leagues I'm hoping he scores a dozen touchdowns in. Uh, they ain't gonna be on my redraft teams. I do think um, that a guy like Kelsey is fine in a best ball league, like I said, you you have more insulation and Gronk too in the second, whereas in a regular weekly redraft league, there's a lot more opportunity cost uh that, you know, involved you can't, you can't properly like back up your team here. Uh, I do like, I like the three seven that that Des Bryant pick man. Um, There's a lot of things, reasons to be cautious on Des this year. But at 3-7 in a best ball league where you don't even have to worry about starting him, like he's still going to push double digit touchdowns. He's going to find a way to get the double digit touchdowns because that's the player he is. And to not have to ride out those weeks, like the opening month, when he starts with Denver, you know, Patrick Peterson, and the Giants, a team he only got two passes on in two games. Um, and, you know, you're not forced to just ride those weeks. Um, I, I, I love that at 3-7, especially after all the receivers we talked about that went, that don't have a touchdown upside of a, a guy like Des Bryant. So, I mean, I like that pick a lot there. Um, I thought that was a really good pick. Um, But, yeah, the third round, I'm with Evan, man. It's not often I feel really great about a player I get there.
0: All right. I I tanked hard on Demarius versus Terrell Pryor. I took Demarius. Yes or no? Did I make the right pick, Evan?
2: I mean, that's a floor versus, you know, top five ceiling. I mean, Demarius doesn't have top five ceiling anymore, I don't think, without Peyton Manning. You know, but Terrell Pryor does have that. Okay. So –
0: Oh, that's right.
2: sometimes, I, sometimes trail prior will fall to the fourth round mm-hmm.
0: oh wow i would have definitely taken him in the fourth round so nice segue let's go to the fourth round because that's where i jumped the gun on Mike Gillisley. reeves got carlos Hyde. reeves we've had a lot of carlos side love uh around the industry lately haven't we
1: I mean, it's kind of gone back and forth. I mean, it's one of those things where there was reason, there was a lot of reason to believe a lot of the smoke, and there still is. I mean, he's a guy in expiring contract year on a team of a you know a new regime has come in that didn't draft him. Uh, he's a limited back. They're not going to be good. There is a lot of reason. I just think that it's a situation where talent is probably bearing out with once these guys really wear pads. I mean, uh, Joe Williams seems to be struggling. I mean, Tim Hightower is is still Tim Hightower. I mean, there's just it's going to be Carlos Hyde as probably the feature back for as long as that the he can stay upright, which is questionable as well. Like I said, I mean, I, I was just trying to attack, you know, lead backs in here that were power backs. So, I mean, he fit what I was trying to build. I love the, the Gillisley pick and reaching on him here. Like I said, you can you can take gambles in these best ball leagues and play for ceilings, uh, especially since you followed it mm-hmm. after taking Demarius, you know. So you took a floor play, uh, then you kind of got your hair wet, you know, a little bit. So, I mean, I'm fine with, like, I'm fine with reaching for your players, especially when you're close to the turn. You were going to get Gilleslie there at the back of the fifth.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, and that's kind of where I was like, well, if I want him, I got to get him here. And plus, Evan, one of the reasons I took Gillisley where I did was I felt like the drop off between Gillisley and Spencer Ware, between Gillisley and you know, like Dalvin Cook, I felt like it was pretty strong. What do you think of this round, Evan?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're aiming for ceiling, I, I totally agree with you on Gillisley. You know, Gillisley does have that double-digit touchdown upside. That's probably not something that Dalvin Cook can attain. Although I really like the. Um, I mean, the, the, the schedule this year for the Vikings is really, really soft. I think the Vikings are going mean, be a good team. Um, and I think that everybody at their offense is underrated. Um, and I, I do like Dalvin Cook as a pick, but, you know, he just does not have that, that TD ceiling that, that Mike Gillisley brings to the table. Um, did you come back and get Burkhead or uh, any Deion Lewis later? Or- no, no, no,
0: I didn't. I took D'Angelo Williams later. Okay. <laughs>
2: Oops. oops i tilted at the end of the draft okay no, I'm, I'm convinced that some team is going to sign d'angelo williams I, I am too like i i and that's kind of what i did
0: because i went really heavy with my first four like i got four really good running backs in the first six rounds and that's why i took d'angelo because if one of them gets hurt i hope d'angelo takes over for one of them um anything else in this round surprise you you like you didn't like evan
2: hello I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, nothing really stood out. Have we seen uh, Mark Ingram go off the board yet?
0: Nope. You'll see that in the next round. Do you think, do you think if he got him in the fifth, if somebody got him in the fifth round, do you think they would have been a steal?
2: I think it would have been a very good pick in the fifth round.
0: Well, let's go on to the fifth round. And, oh wait, who said that got Mark Ingram? That's
2: me. Nice I got pick. Mark
0: Ingram there with 5.9. <laughs> um Dalvin Cook went to Pat Foreman at 5.3. There we had C. Jameson Crowder, Michael Crabtree, Adrian Peterson went there. Evan, break down this round for us.
2: I mean, I think that this is where Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram belong. You know, if not if not earlier. I mean, especially in Mark Ingram's case. Uh, but I think Adrian Peterson brings a little bit more uh, touchdown potential to the table. Um, you know, I. I think Mark Ingram is maybe one of the most undervalued running backs in fantasy right now. Uh, You know, and there was a time earlier this offseason where I was real worried about him. I've I've really warmed up to him. I think he's just a lock for 13 to 17 touches per game on a team that's going to score a lot of points and has a really good offensive line. And He's locked into a key passing game role. Um, And I know that people get worried about Alvin Kamara, but You know, Travaris, Cadet, and a bunch of other passing backs have been – we don't know how ready Alvin Kamara is going to be, number one. Um, And a bunch of other passing backs have been active uh, in that offense the past couple seasons, and Mark Ingram has finished top 15 in the NFL uh, among running backs and receptions in both of those years and is the best pass-protecting back. I mean, he's going to be on the field a lot on a team that throws a lot, throws a lot and scores a lot. And he's locked into – although he's not going to get, you know, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell workloads (laughs) – you know, he he's in just as good a situation, if not better, than than both of those guys. So.
0: he's never gotten those workloads. You know they're trying to bench right. him any chance they can They are uh, Reeves but, but, they're, you, but they're gonna
2: keep giving the rock because he's good.
0: Yep. Uh Reeves, you got Larry Fitzgerald at the end of this round. Did did somebody get did somebody snipe you and force you into Larry Fitz or is that somebody you were targeting?
1: Well, I was looking at Ingram, kinda hoping he was gonna come back. That was one of the times I mean I would have just kept pounding running back. Um but I didn't mind, you know. Like I said, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, when you look at the guys he went around, I was fine with him. You know, he's a high volume guy, but probably has a higher chances of scoring more touchdowns than the, the Tates and the Diggses of the world. So I mean, I, I was cool with rolling him with my wide receiver too. I'm gonna get a lot of targets and, like I said, a lot more scoring opportunity. Evan is a, is in love with Fitzgerald this year, and he's at a really good price this year. I love Mark Ingram, man. And the, like Mark Ingram is one of my favorite fifth, sixth round picks in drafts this year. I mean, he's a guy that has been, uh, you know, a top, an RB1 for fantasy on those limited touches. He's a guy that has shown he can thrive in that role. Um, it's just going to be a matter of what kind of touchdown numbers we get. Um, are they going to pepper in? Is it going to be all Peterson on the goal line? Or are we going to get like a, like a hodgepodge where we get like a mix? But I mean, he's one of my favorite picks. Um, and like Evan said, he's a guy that has 46 catches and 50 catches the past two years. I mean, uh, Martin Aaron can catch the rock too, man.
0: Uh, big thanks to my friend below above, by the way, who picked Matt Ryan instead of Mark Ingram with the pick right before me. I know you're watching the show. It's most appreciated. All right. Let's go to round six now. And Reeves, lead us off. You took Eddie Lacey here. You took him before Doug Martin, before CJ Anderson, before Danny Woodhead, before Tevin Coleman, before Below. Obviously a massive run on running backs right here. Why was Lacey the guy you took?
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not targeting the, the pass catching backs in the in these play draft leagues. I mean the the Bal Pals, the guys that don't score touchdowns, the guys that are reception driven. I don't really want any part of those guys. The guys like the James Whites, uh those guys aren't helping your roster in these leagues. They're not scoring touchdowns. So I mean I just wanted to keep throwing as many possible touchdowns at the wall. I mean, uh there are some concerns I have with Lacey, of course, but I mean, you look at the Seahawks schedule, I expect their offense to rebound. Uh, I think if anyone has the double Digit touchdown potential on that roster while everyone's healthy i think it's him out of that backfield so i mean i threw him in with a bunch of my other you know power backs uh at this point i was still feeling really good about things you know probably when we get to like round 10 uh, <laughs> things are going to take a drastic turn
0: evan what you see i took danny woodhead right here mm-hmm. and i'm This is where I regretted taking Rob Gronkowski in the second, because had I known Jimmy Graham was going to be available to me in the sixth, I would have gone a different direction. What do you think about the Woodhead pick? What do you think about all these running backs? And then what do you think about Jimmy in the middle of the sixth?
2: I don't have any problem with Danny Woodhead here. Um, I think that his value is very much tied to Joe Flacco being healthy. Um, But he has a long track record of playing a lot in the red zone. And so, and he's going to be, he's going to eat receptions. And I know that this is only half point per reception, but you know, he's, I think he's going to play in scoring position. And so that give, does give him touchdown upside. I mean, he could score, you know, three or four receiving touchdowns, you know, in, in addition to whatever he does on the ground. Um, so, and I think he's, he's going to be massively, massively used in the, in the passing game. I mean, Kyle Usechek and Dennis Pitta alone left behind 123 receptions from last year. And guys who were who were looking to uh, to replace that production, Danny Woodhead number one, and then uh, maybe like you know a little bit of Ben Watson or Boyle or you know, but Danny Woodhead is, is going to be the guy. I think he's going to lead the the Ravens' backfield in snaps played almost every week. All right,
1: what what do you hey, think? To about- Eric's point, to Eric's point though, I mean. You can take Gronk and Jimmy Graham in these leagues. Like, Gronk is w- one of the dudes that okay. has, like, flex play viability. Like, you can sack those guys. That's okay. Do you think
0: – that's that might be where I don't like my pick. That I like Woodhead, don't get me wrong. But Jimmy's a guy I've just been getting everywhere. So, I, I feel like this is my one time I just didn't get Jimmy Graham. But, man, I like Jimmy a lot this year, Reeves.
1: Yeah, you don't have to wait and just take a scrub with Gronk because you got a really good tight end. I mean, Gronk's one of the guys that his ceiling is big enough to adequately fill the flex in leagues. Okay.
0: Uh, Let's check out round seven. We are lagging behind. And you can see Amir Dula was the first running back taken in this round. We saw a lot of running backs. Like, I think – People started panicking late here, Reeves. I think people said, "Holy crap!" A lot of the running backs are off the board. That that run in the six really did it, I think. And you look by round seven, the running backs really dry up.
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean, these this is a more running back driven league than it is typical, like uh, the MFLs. Um, and you see, we've even got the pass catchers are are still going in these leagues. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a heavy wide uh, running back format. It's it's geared towards running backs. I mean. I already had four at this point, so I mean, I was already putting the squeeze on people uh, to to start to start soaking them up. Uh, so I mean, yeah, people were trying to get in there and get those picks.
0: Yeah, you and I had the same strategy with that, where I had four ra- running backs by round six, also, when I was happy with it. Uh, Evan, if you don't have a lot of running backs by round seven in a draft like this, are you in a lot of trouble?
2: I mean, you're gonna have to get lucky later. You know, you're, you're gonna have to fill. You're gonna have to hit on like a Darren McFadden later. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, grab Jaquiz Rogers and hope that he, he you know, somehow keeps the, the starting job all year for the saints, you know, maybe grab like Terrence West, with Garrett Blunt. of course Garrett Blunt here goes in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. I would not be comfortable taking Garrett Blunt, I don't think in the seventh round. I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, uh, but he's never been good outside of new England. He did have a good bulk stat season as a rookie uh, in Tampa Bay, but, um, you know, he, he's never been effective uh, outside of New England. Um, I, the pick that stood out to me here that I liked was Calvin Benjamin because he is a guy that checks the boxes, having double-digit touchdown potential. Uh, and that's a pretty good cost for him, I think, 7.08. Uh, I thought that was a, a good pick. Cam has a lot of positive touchdown regression coming this year. He, he had a, a career-low touchdown passing rate last year after having the best passing touchdown rate in the nfl the year prior you know regression just smacked him in the mouth Uh, but benjamin can score a lot of tds and i also like devin funchess later in drafts like this a lot i mean he's a guy who scored a lot of touchdowns on not many receptions and with curtis samuel missing you know huge chunks of camp with a hamstring injury you know, Devin Funches looks locked into that number two role. I know no one wants to buy into him, but that's the perfect kind of guy to take a shot on mm-hmm. in like the 17th round.
0: Reeves, I took Andrew Luck here. Um, I'm not feeling great about it right now, especially when you guys see who my second quarterback is later on. I oh, might dude, not.
1: Your second quarterback's amazing.
0: Yeah, until he gets hurt, which he's been known to do once or twice. Talk to me about Andrew Luck. Is this just too early for him with the
1: uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think now it is because we just don't know. I mean, to say that if there's possibility he could miss six games, I know I saw Dr. Gene Brumel kind of talk about he didn't think that that was a real possibility, which is a positive sign. But it almost seems a certainty like he's going to miss at least one game. So, I mean, this is fine in a best ball league. There comes a point where he becomes a value and you just eat that one game and it doesn't matter because you're going to have more quarterbacks on your roster. And your number two guy is adequate to bridge you through a game or two, no matter what you think Uh, because I wanted him to be my number two quarterback (laughs) so (laughs) I I supported that pick Um, but I think it's it's a lot different in redraft I mean Andrew Luck in a redraft league is going to be a guy that is probably gonna be a guy I'm not going to draft because I want to leave my redraft leagues at one quarterback and you know you've got to take two if you take him
0: yeah let's go on to round eight and Reeves you let off this round with Derek Henry and that's somebody who if something happens to DeMarco and maybe even if something doesn't happen to Marco, he's going to be involved for the Titans.
1: Yeah. I kind of just thought the, the the format and the price just kind of all lined up and I already had DeMarco Murray. So it just kind of felt like one of those things where it all made sense. I'm starting to talk myself into Henry having kind of more of like a an individual role that we kind of think he he had he's going to have but I'm I mean I'm still not he's not a guy I'm like actively targeting it was just one of those circumstances with me being on the turn I wanted kind of like one more bench guy I think he'll actually score some touchdowns with Murray in the lineup so I mean he it just all kind of synced up to where it felt right
0: all right Evan this is where I think things started falling apart for me is I took Jeremy Macklin and you're going to see on accident I have a lot of shares of the Ravens offense which is not something I had planned or think is a good idea because this is this will only be the second of three offensive pieces of the Ravens that I have. Evan, what do you think about this row?
2: I mean, I think it's still a good spot to take Macklin. He he just he can catch so many balls this year. You know, I don't think his touchdown projection is that high. I think uh, Mike Clay hasn't projected for like four point one touchdowns, or he, he might have even had him at three point nine touchdowns at one point. You know, I don't think that his touchdown projection is super, super lofty. Uh, but, you know, any dude that, that has the potential to catch, like, 90-plus passes, you know, that he, he should have a shot at, like, six or seven, you know, you know at, at the high end of his outcomes. I mean, I think in the middle of the eighth round, you know, for a guy that is in position to catch, you know, five, six, seven ba- passes every single week with Joe Flacco, you know, I think that – I think that he, he makes a lot of sense in the middle of the eighth round. I was surprised to see Ben Roethlisberger this early. You know, that's just – but, I mean, I, I he does have a big feeling, I think, with, with Martavis back. But that's just a little bit too early, I think, for a quarterback, you know, with a bad injury history. Um, and then I like Eifert a lot uh, later in this. Uh, you know, Eifert reported to Camp Healthy. That's something that we haven't seen him do recently, <laughs> and he has 18 touchdowns over his last 21 games. And that Bengals offense, with all the weapons that they have, they should be able to move the ball on offense and uh, you know get into the red zone. Uh, and that's where Tyler Eifert dominates.
1: Yeah, I was a little bit. Oh, go ahead, Bridge. Oh, I was going to say, so this is where, um, moving off of individual players for a second, this is where being on the turn finally caught up to me, because if you look at the ne- this round and the next round of conjunction, eight tight ends go in between my picks. So if you're on the turn and you don't force, uh, you know, a positional wave, you run the risk of being caught like in the aftermath of it. And this is what happened to me. Uh, So, I mean, you look at the tight ends, this is, I missed the tight end wave, uh, you know, over the span and it's, it's important because then you're left chasing, uh, you know, with your onesie positions like I was, and you have to take, three tight ends to cover yourself and it costs you a roster spot at you know running back and receiver and it actually happened to me at the other onesie spots I missed the second wave of onesie positions again so I mean uh this is where being on the turn like I said you want to you kind of want to dictate the the runs instead of you know getting caught uh after them And that's where a mistake was made you know by me
0: yeah, that's a great part where you just kind of like is adp important sure but you also got to make sure you get your guys and get mm-hmm. your positions that you're gonna need if you're on the turn
1: um, I, mean, I, that, melted. I missed that whole i missed that whole wave of startable tight ends well let's
0: go ahead and go to round nine then and you're going to kind of see what reeves is talking about because you see he got derrick henry there and then the tight end run came in in the eighth it was rudolph eifert marty bennett um delaney walker then you see the ninth eric ebron jack doyle And Zach Ertz went. And Reeves, this is what you're talking about, where you're saying, Mm -hmm. holy cow, all these tight ends just disappeared.
1: Yeah, so I was sitting there basically just praying that even just like Ertz felt me. I was looking at Decker, too, for a guy to combo up. And uh, Decker went right before me as well because, like I said, I wanted to chase the touchdown upside. And uh, Decker and Mariota are going to make sweet touchdown music. You know, so I was excited there. But then Ertz went off the board, and then uh, you're staring. I'm staring at Colby Fleener being the best tight end available at that point in the ninth round and my man i I just couldn't i just couldn't pull the trigger man and then you know so then i knew i was locked into just throwing like three crappy tight ends at the board and but that's what happens when you get on those when you get on the turn i mean you have to dictate a little bit and you know kind of kind of move those guys up up your board a little bit and dictate the position runs
0: evan i mean do you see what he's saying where he's just like if you don't get your guy you're just kind of screwed because you're not going to pick for uh, what is it like 22 picks
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, drafting on the turns can be awesome. You know, it it can be Mm -hmm. awesome when the dudes that you want fall to you. I mean, you can pluck them back to back every single time, you know, and that's that's sweet. You know, like if you're in a draft and you're drafting on one of the ends and, you know, people start like taking quarterbacks early, you know that you're going to get massive value coming back to you and you'll just be able to pluck two of them, you know, every time it comes back to you. But in you know, sharper drafts, which this one, this one is pretty good, I think, um, you know, people aren't taking quarterbacks early. So it, it can be very, very difficult. Um, but that, that's usually what you're hoping for is that people start taking, you know, a bunch of quarterbacks early and, uh, you know, value will get pushed to you or, you know, somebody messes around and takes a defense or something, you know, but that, that wasn't really happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even Ben, who I was complaining about earlier, he's Brown pick, you know, it's, it's not that, it's not that terrible.
0: Yeah. And you see Kenny Britt went up there. He was somebody I was considering taking with the Macklin pick. And uh, I, as I see now how the draft f- fell, I wish I would have, but as it was, it was Jerry Macklin. I like Britt there. Now at the end of this round Reeds you're sitting there. I, I'm sure you were tilting and you're just sitting there oh, yeah. staring at the thing. And you grab Adam Thielen at the end. If we want to go ahead and go up to round 10, you follow that up on the turn with Ted Ginn. Now, I picked Marvin Jones in the ninth round. And I said, all right, I need two wideouts. I'm going to get Marvin Jones. And I mean, I said, as long as Thielen or Ginn get back to me, I'm thrilled. And then here comes Reeves. Whoop, whoop, and they're gone. Reeves, you immediately got a Twitter message from me saying, dude, that wasn't cool.
1: Yeah, I was kind of just reeling from what had happened. I mean, like, I I felt really good about my team up until up until I missed that, like, last tight end run. So, I mean, I was just kind of trying to fill out the rest of my roster because I knew I was just going to go go dumpster diving at tight end. I wasn't ready to go in on, on Kobe Fleener. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of where we were, um, and I was just kind of, like, on tilt there a little bit. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I was muted there for a second. Evan, when you look at round 10 and you see that he got feeling again, to me, I sort of see a fall off at wide receiver after those two. What do you think of round 10?
2: Yeah, I love Ginn. Love Gin so much in, in these best ball drafts, you know, whether it's play draft or um, you know, MFL fans, MFL 25s. I think he's just an I think he's a brilliant pick. And no one wants to pick him. He's been pretty good the past couple of years, and now, and that's playing with a super inaccurate quarterback, uh, and now he's playing with one of the best deep ball passers of all time, uh, and you know, on a team with uh, Warren Sharp has noted that uh, the the Saints this is the worst defense uh, that that Ginn has ever played. You know, the, the team has the worst mm-hmm. defense he's ever you know, had had to deal with in his entire career. Um, love Ginn. you know, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's an awesome thing,
0: and. Rich, you kind of see where I fell into the, oh, crap, now I'm a Ravens fan issue, where now I have Mike Wallace. So my team is Danny Woodhead, Jeremy Macklin, Mike Wallace. Rich, where do you fall into where, like, I felt like the value was there for Wallace, but I already had two Ravens on accident, basically. What do you do in this situation? Do you just pass on the third guy, or do you just bite the bull and say, well, that's the value, I'm just going to take it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you want to take you want to take players as they become values, like you said. I mean, but then, you you know, you're owning uh, basically the light blue properties on the Monopoly board, uh, you know, <laughs> there with the Ravens stack. So, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you're going to get, you know, a large percentage of what the Ravens are going to produce, especially in the passing game with, with Woodhead, you know, included there, basically all of their passing stats. So, I mean it's it's fine in context of value but yeah it's tough to really really count on those guys to really produce uh, a lot of points and you can see where we went and I because I, I tilted and went wide receiver, wide receiver, there's that second run of quarterbacks where eight quarterbacks go between when I pick again and
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it all like the dominoes just all they, they go down when you miss that first way because then you're stuck going for you it know is, something and, else.
1: And and it goes to show you I mean listen man I've I've done hundreds of drafts this year and you listen it have it can turn it can go south on you in a hurry.
0: Evan what do you like what do you dislike about this tenth round? <sighs>
2: Um. I mean, obviously, Ted Ginn. You know, uh, Jacques Rogers. I think is, is pretty interesting because you get those those guaranteed three starts. Although his ADP is starting to creep up. I mean, there was a long time where you get him yeah. 14th, 15th round, and now he's starting to creep up toward the single digits. Um. You know. Hunter Henry, I mean, I can, you know, I could can, I can talk negatively about him, but I think that this is about where he belongs. Uh, you know, middle 10th round, um, Duke Johnson is a tough sell, I think, in the 10th round because he has no, no, no real touchdown appeal on a bad team where, you know, we're, we're, we can't be real confident that he's going to be getting the ball very much this year, you know, as long as Isaiah Crowell is healthy. I mean, I, I love Duke Johnson. You know, I love him coming out mm-hmm. of college. I love him as a player. I think he's done well with his opportunities, but, you know, just just not really someone that I, I would be looking at in, in the 10th round of a half PPR uh, draft. Evan, so, do you
1: think uh, a guy like Duke Johnson, if Crowell was to get injured, would he stay yeah. in a similar role, or do you think he would be a guy that would get – they would – push 200 carries?
2: See, I think that that is the question, you know, and I would say that so far under the Hugh Jackson regime, we have no reason to believe they, that they would try to force feed him carries. You know, it would be him in a committee with, I don't know, who's in next Matt Davies, You know, I don't know. They get a bunch of kind of crappy backs on the roster. Maybe they will add another guy, you know, toward final cuts. But, I mean, there, there, there have been no indications that they've used Duke Johnson, I don't think, is that kind of a back. Um, I mean, now they're looking at him as a wide receiver, you know, so that tells you that they're looking at him as like a, a roll pitch sort of back and not as one that they would feed carries. But, you know, again, they don't really have a, a whole lot behind him right now, so I think it's a fair question to ask.
0: All right, let's go on to round 11. And, you know, you mentioned Reeves. This is where the quarterback started going. The last round after you went, we saw Jameis, who I love this year, Mariota, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr. Then we were open up round eleven. There goes Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, Philip Rivers, Matthew Stafford, and then you're stuck there crying with Carson Palmer. Is that what happened?
1: I mean, I was cool, Carson Palmer. I was looking to double up there though. I was hoping they go like Stafford Palmer together, or like you know Rivers Palmer together. Or, you know, Ty- I was trying to you know double up there. That's when I was going to get my first two, and I wasn't able to do that. You know, so – and then I missed out on, like, the last couple of tight ends again. You know, I could have taken a guy like Austin Hooper at the turn with, with Palmer you know, or even Jason Witten for, like, a floor guy, and I didn't even get there. So, I mean, this is where things were just, like I said, avalanching at that point. Um, yeah, just just kind of, you know, just like I said, man, it was rough there for a little bit, man. I put I backed myself into a corner. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you see guys in this area. I mean, this is pretty early, I think, for, you know – a guy like Jordan Matthews i mean it's kind of wishful thinking i mean like jordan matthews is a guy that has kind of decreased you know since since getting thrust you know opportunity and the team wasn't really effective thrusting him all that opportunity and there's a reason why they're going away from him there's a reason why they went out and got all these wide receivers in the first place uh, because it's not an option for an NFL team to run their passing game through a slot receiver and now it turns out he may not even be the slot receiver yeah. so I mean it's it, it's it's pretty dicey I mean I get it though it's the, you know you're at this point you just want to throw something at the wall
0: below above I know you're watching the show they, they don't like your picks man To be fair, he did tell me before, I'm completely unprepared. So, welcome to the club, pal. All right, let's go on to round 12. And Reed, you led off this round with Rashard Matthews. And, um, again, Reed, you're just throwing wide receivers at the wall, I assume, at this point.
1: Well, t- like I said, wide receivers that can score touchdowns. So I mm-hmm. mean that's Rashad Matthews. Like he's a guy that's probably only gonna push like four receptions a game, but I mean can still score eight touchdowns in that offense. So basically, basically that was it, man. Evan, when you're looking at this round twelve, we got Darren McFadden. He went here.
0: Um what do you like, what you not like in round twelve?
2: A little early on, Gabriel, I think. Who who yeah!
0: <laughs> <Damn> it.
2: <laughs> it's Eric.
0: I was desperate I mean, what wide receivers were left? We had Gabriel, John yeah. Ross, Josh Dachson.
2: Okay, um, Nelson. Oh, Doxson's still in there. See, so I would have taken Doxson.
0: Okay. Beasley was somebody I also considered here.
2: That's interesting. Okay. You know, he's gone over seventy-five yards in two of seventy-two games. But, okay. but hey. And I mean,
1: he died. And he died when Des Bryant came back last year.
0: Okay, well, it's a good thing I didn't. He didn't come back to me because I was going to take him instead of Bradford. Oh, you were so close to having Bradford Reeves. I just remembered that because I was that's mad.
1: the. That was it, man. That was after uh, Bradford, man.
2: <laughs> oh, man, someone's a Quincy and huh? This draft was today.
1: Yeah, this uh, draft so, was today. So that guy, that yeah, number one, he must have checked out like in the 10th round, and we're going to find out pretty soon why. Oh, that's true. He got a but then I think. Oh he got my Jeff God, Dixon. you're right.
0: Hold on, guys. He, I'm just gonna give you a preview. Yeah. Okay, he, he got a noonwa. Jamal Charles, Will Fuller, Kenneth Dixon, Ryan Tannehill. At he least he got out, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was there. At least if he was, maybe he has. There's a low ball bet going on. I don't know about with this league, but <laughs> I yeah, I yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, if you don't believe there's value in these drafts, by the way, guys. that's that's your proof
2: that's a free spot right there (laughs) all Um, right let's talk a little bit about uh well i don't i don't like the latavius murray pick um but i think i I guess it's starting to make some sense um what about mcfadden you know is he someone that i mean it was like two carries he looked terrible in the hall of fame game you know but he often has he has a tendency to look terrible but just because he's so like tall and upright and robotic moving you know um it's basically how I run. Is he is he someone that you're looking at at all, uh, Reeb's I mean, it depends on the team build. Uh, yeah. If
1: if I'm going wide receiver heavy and more of zero RB-ish, then yeah, uh, he's someone I'm looking at, hoping you get three games for, out of Zeke, uh, Zeke being on the shelf, and then you have the allure of maybe if Zeke suffers an injury in season or something mm-hmm. else was to happen. Uh, so, yeah, it's, he's team build specific for me.
0: Makes all sense. right. Let's go on to round 13 now. Ooh, my computer just jumped a little bit. Uh, Jamal Charles went first overall. Thank you, Free Square. And Evan, this is where we saw Beasley go. We saw Cameron Brake go. Another minor run on quarterbacks with Bortles, Joe Flacco, Sam Bradford going. What stands out to you in round 13?
2: A lot of, a lot of boring picks here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, this is
0: not a fun round. We're there, but this is also where we start. Reeves Reeves started just throwing stuff at the wall like angrily. Not not as in players, as in I cannot believe this guy just went because Reeves, I took your boy. I'm sorry.
1: Listen, Sam Bradford, we talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. You know. He's he's QB two material, man, and these best ball leagues. The schedule's straight. He's got weapons. Uh, you know, he's highly efficient. Like he's gonna get you a floor of points at worst and avoid you're you're gonna avoid taking eggs at the position because of having a guy like Sam Bradford insulate your volatile quarterbacks. I mean, I was all about having sam bradford as my qb2 and i was infinite sadness when he was gone
0: <laughs> well I, I actually got a message immediately that said i can't believe you just you didn't take Mohammed sanu when you in, took sam bradford instead which i understand that's a fair point because yes. Sanu is the greatest player ever um we see kevin white going there i wanted to ask you about him evan is that somebody who has some upside for you
2: he does. He's just not ever somebody that I want to draft. You know, it, it doesn't even matter if it's like 19th round. I'm still looking like, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather take Paul Richardson. You know, I'd rather take, um, I don't know, Kenny Galladay. But that's just like sort of a, a bias that, that I've developed, I feel like. And I, I feel like I'm not open enough to him because they force fed him targets last year when he was in the, in the game. I think he averaged about eight targets a game. He was out targeting Alshon Jeffrey when he was on the field last year. So, uh, I mean, just there are so many bad, you know, bad vibes on Kevin White. You know, it's him as a prospect, number one. It's two catastrophic injuries to the same leg, and he had to, you know, realign the the way that he was running. It's bad camp reports. You know, it's not a very good quarterback situation. I mean, it's – it's every single, you know, I, he, he wasn't good last year. You know, he was like five yards per target. He looked slow. He looked like he was running with the speed of a tight end. And um, so I, he just, I never drafted him. But he's going, you know, late 13th round. So I, I can't, I, I can't say that that's like a bad pick.
0: And Reeves, you kind of went of uh, Julius Thomas with your last pick. And if we want to go and pull up the slide for round 14, you went Julius Thomas into the round 13. Then starting round 14 at the turn, you went with Jared Cook. So you picked up your two tight ends here. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how I figured he felt. <laughs> was, this, was it just kind of like, I have to get to? I don't want to get to. I can't believe you took the guys I wanted. Even Austin Hooper was gone. Whatever, I'll take these guys. Is that kind of how it went down?
1: Yeah, at this point, <laughs> I, I had realized it was over for me. sorry my friend oh
0: boy so okay so i guess here's a question though well both these guys are relatively high upside but why not roll the dice on a guy like david and joku
1: yeah i I probably could have and you know kind of swerved into a little bit i mean i'm kind of like thinking that jared cook is gonna like be seth roberts though because Jared Cook's not really a tight end. And the way they use Seth Roberts in the red zone, I think Jared Cook has an opportunity to, to siphon a lot of that off. I mean, the Raiders really never used a tight end at all on the field last year. They actually used a tight end, the fewest percent of passing plays in the NFL. Uh, and I think he's basically just a glorified slot receiver, and Seth Roberts isn't good. So not that Jared Cook is good, but I think he has a chance to fill, you know, overtake that that role at some point for that offense. But you're right. I mean, if you're going to take a shot at a guy at upside, I mean, Njoku – has the opportunity. Rookie tight ends don't really perform well. But rookie tight ends also don't get opportunity. Um, you know, guys just don't push targets. If he's going to be a guy that's going to be on the field all the time and they just take their lumps, he, he could be a guy that runs into some, some upside based on his athletic ability.
0: Evan, this is a spot where, looking back at the draft now, I really regret my pick of Sterling Shepard. You know, he's third wide receiver there. I feel like Lockett, Tavon, J.J. Nelson were all better picks. What
2: do you think? I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Crap! Um, Big big swing in the miss by the uh, the the millionaire. Uh, I do like Tyler Lockett uh, as I think Lockett and J.J. Nelson stand out as the picks in this round. Um, Mm -hmm. I really like J.J. Nelson, and I mean John Brown. He's missed like two weeks now with a quad, and quads can be trouble. Uh, We've seen that with you know countless guys, Um, and I mean he has had soft tissue. Uh, issues since he was a rookie. I mean, I remember he missed a ton of uh, time as a rookie with a, with a hamstring injury, not during the season, but during, like, the offseason and training camp. Um, and then last year, of course, his issues were, were related to uh, his legs. He was having pain in his legs. I think it was from – I don't know. He's just – he's kind of like a medical mystery. And, I mean, I think, that I like, I've, I've drafted him a bunch, but he's just he's just not a sure, sure thing right, right now. And J.J. Nelson kind of is a sure thing. I mean, he's very, very likely to be, at worst, their third receiver. And there's, you know, a definitely a non-zero chance that J.J. Nelson will be their number two receiver for stretches of this year. And I think that this offense is primed for a bounce back. Um, yeah. I, I I love this Cardinal schedule so much. I, I love Carson Palmer. Um as as a value pick, and I know that Crane was not Crane didn't love it when we, we talked about him. He, what didn't I? I like am Fitzgerald now. I've
0: been, I've come around. Yeah,
2: didn't like Larry Fitzgerald either. I mean, <laughs> I think the Cardinals are in a great great buy spot. Their passing game, particularly JJ Nelson in, in the teens in terms of round, uh, Larry Fitz, you know, around that fourth fifth turn, I'm willing to, to draft them. Uh, and Carson Palmer is like a 12th and 13th rounder.
0: Yeah, and you see here, I kind of. There was a run on, um, or I'm sorry, I was looking at the next round. All right, let's go to the next round then because we're already over time. Let's go to round 15 real quick. And the run on uh, wide receivers continues. Chris Hogan, Rashard Perryman, Marquise Lee, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's a guy that I was kind of targeting here right here. Reeves, I mean, what the hell do you do with the Jets now?
1: Yeah, I mean they're tough. I mean, I think there's a realistic chance they they have like they push just single digit passing touchdowns. I mean, their roster is so bad. Uh, Robbie Anderson was a guy who only got off one way too last year, and it was when Bryce Petty came in and was just throwing YOLO balls to him. I don't know if that's going to happen, uh, you know, with, you know, Hackenberg. Hey, McCown is willing, but, I mean, how long does McCown play? And, you know, it's it would be – it would be just ludicrous for them to play McCown probably more than just like a, a little bit here. He, honestly, it, it's ludicrous that they're even making Hackenberg compete. I mean, it, they should just give it to him and just ride the wave there and see what happens. Yeah, what's the 39-year-old quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, when, I took a Jets player this round.
2: when, when did. Team, when teams play the Jets this year, like the other team is just going to have the ball like the whole freaking time
1: it is man it's gonna be crazy and they and they have a a, a pass funnel defense but it's not even going to matter because they're going to see so many rushing attempts in the second half that people are going to want to avoid the jets uh for running backs for like efficiency like efficiency wise but teams are going to stack so many game script carries off them it's not even going to matter
0: yeah this is going to be one of those things where all the DVOA people are going to say well their DVOA against the running back Mm -hmm. is good when it doesn't matter because they're getting 40 carries a game yes
2: yeah, so, let's, let's see. I'm, I'm pulling up who they start with. Ooh, Shady, week one, in Buffalo. Lock button. Lock North, button. North Sean in, uh in Oakland. Well, yeah. no,
1: They start on the road because uh, uh, it's both games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ajayi in week three. Fournette, week four. Uh, week five, Isaiah Crowell. Week six, Rex huh. Burkhead. Week oh. seven, Ajayi again.
0: All those running backs are just going to – those are all just bell cows, too. Did you hear uh,
2: <laughs> I slipped in the burkhead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I, don't I... worry. I
0: ignored that part. Me and Mike Gillisley ignored that part, and we're just – we're not feeling great about it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, the Jets are not going to do very well this year. I do like the idea. Like, Shady McCoy in week one, man. You talk about a DFS play, and you know they're going to feed Shady the runs. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: And then I, they, they bought this, like, high-priced fullback from Atlanta – just put you right behind that fullback and just thirty carries, you know, week one. Oh my goodness! All right, well,
0: I know where I'm going, week one, guys. If so if you guys want my NFL week one content, here you go. Okay, let's move on to round sixteen. We here's your boy Funches. Look at what Reeves did. He first he got well at the end of fifteen, he got Austin Sperry and Jenkins. So go uh, go Jets. And then he got Devin, the fun cheese, at the top of the sixteen Reeves.
1: Yeah. And I mean, listen, say what you want about ASJ, but he still has as many NFL touchdown catches as Eric Ebron. So, I mean, is that real? <laughs> that's a fact. It's a bona fide fact. I did not know that. <laughs> he so, can
2: play. I mean, he can absolutely play. He, he show, he's shown us that before. It's just, it's all, you know, off field and dedication sort of sort of thing.
1: No, I'm not even trying to justify that. I just wanted to drop that. Ebron <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: Okay, so you took uh, Devin Funches here. I was a little bit surprised. Why did you pass on Dante Foreman here, Reeves?
1: because i I don't need it. I was running back, I was running back tight, man. My running backs are good. I didn't need running backs, and I was still you know, uh, you know, kind of chasing you know pass catchers at that point. I needed more pass catchers and guys that could still theoretically score touchdowns. that's what I was still looking at.
0: Well, I was pretty disappointed that Foreman gotten taken ahead of me, and I'm sitting there, like I said, I was, I couldn't decide between Galladay and Paul Richardson, Evan. I almost think the Galladay love has gone a little bit too far. What do you think about those two guys?
2: Yeah, it has. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know that that actually would make sense as a team that could like trade for Jordan Matthews, and he would make sense on the Lions, filling that field, field, you know, playing that bolden role. Um, you know that that's just pure speculation, but I mean, I wouldn't rule out them bringing in a veteran. You know. Okay. To, to play receiver uh with Dante Foreman he's a guy that if tomorrow night they give him like nine carries and he rips off like 57 yards and a touchdown his ADP is going to go from like he doesn't get drafted in, in a lot of drafts his ADP is going to go to like I mean <laughs> go like eighth ninth round you know, Yeah, he just he has a chance to really really spike it I think tomorrow night. We'll, we'll see how many carries he gets though they have ton of backs in houston right now like you know dudes that you've never even heard of they have like seven running backs on their roster um so i don't even know if he'll get the work but he he's a guy to watch tomorrow night
0: i wanted to ask you about one other guy uh geo bernard evan is he somebody in the 16th he seems worth a flyer in this round
2: i don't see why not you, you know he, he he definitely makes a lot of sense here i mean as long as geo is 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 ready to go and from all indications it's that he's ready to go he's gonna have a role you know, he, he mm-hmm. doesn't have, you know, it's like, I don't know, like, why would you take Duke Johnson in the 10th when you can get Gio in the 16th? You yeah. know, I think it starts to make sense that you're just, you're just trying to put like good mm-hmm. players on your roster, you know, dudes you can catch passes. It's still half point PPR. You know, Geo does not have a big touchdown ceiling, but it's the 16th round. And that's where he belongs. And that's where Shane Doreen, I think is a good pick who also went uh, in this round.
0: All right, let's go to round 17. And I personally kind of love Ben Watson right here. And Evan Ingram, uh, he went a couple picks before from the guy who was no longer there. Because how, how do you join a league like this and ditch it? Come on. Uh, Rich, break down round 17 for us. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. That's <laughs> I right. I will say,
1: I mean, listen, I was I was drafting Marquise Goodwin since the beginning of the, of the offseason. And now everyone's starting to come around. Um, not, I mean, there's obviously people are going to draw like the Taylor Gabriel corollary. Um, but Marquis Goodwin was a guy that like Matt Waldman and Sigmund Bloom were really high on coming out of college. Um, I thought he was basically like a niche prospect and he's kind of proven to be that, but in a league like this, like that niche is, is completely fine. He's going to be on the field a lot. Um, in a league like this, I mean, you just try to run into those like four or five touchdowns because they're going to be, you know, seventy yarders. Uh, yep. So I mean, I love throwing him at the end of drafts. I've got a good amount of him already in these leagues. And then, like, my plan I was, which I was already done, but I was just going to draft both Chiefs guys on the, my way out the door. Uh, Chiefs quarterbacks to be my QB two, just the insert, and then even Alex Smith went, mm-hmm. and then Brian Hoyer went. So it was just, it, it was completely fitting to get was- Brian Hoyer in the last <laughs> round of the draft. <laughs>
0: Oh, it was, Reeves, I felt for you, man. I really yeah. did. Yep. Um. You see, I took Devontae Booker here. Uh, just a guy. Just, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't, whatever. And then let's go ahead and go to round 18, where I took my boy D'Angelo Williams, Darius Stewart went there, Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Coleman. Evan, what do you think of uh, round 18? By the way, we don't have all the picks because you can't screenshot after that. So whoops.
2: Bunch of, bunch of garbage, man. I mean, nothing. <laughs>
0: not saying anything
2: here. You know? <laughs> Ardarius uh, Stewart. I mean, we could tell ourselves a good story about him.
0: <laughs> I like D'Angelo here. He's got. He'll get a couple games.
2: Yeah. yeah, He needs to get signed. You know, he needs to get on a roster. I, I'm surprised the Steelers haven't brought him back yet, uh, especially after James Conner missed a bunch of time with a shoulder. But, hey, maybe they maybe they like their uh, their young dudes better than we think. I mean, I, th- I think they kind of like Fitzgerald Toussaint.
0: Um, yeah. but you don't like Fitz Toussaint, Reeves?
1: <laughs>
2: no, man. He's
1: been there for, like, four years. And any yeah. opportunity he's got, he's de- they brought in another guy to, like, take over. But he still just, yeah. like, hangs on the team.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, he must just be, like, a genuinely good dude they like to have around. He's a, when, he's a Michigan when, man.
2: Levyon and D'Angelo were hurt. I think uh, a couple of playoffs in the like, playoffs. Yeah, and Fischero Tucson went in there. He was just so bad. Like he was, yeah, dude, he Even awesome. Rock was like the the black hole, he was like a popular uh, DFS playoff. Oh, yeah. He
0: was, like, a lock button for
2: a lot of people. He scored. He
1: had, like, 20 carries for, like, 61 yards, but scored a touchdown. Like, had like he got a bunny, and, like, everyone was, like, so happy. Everybody got there. We got him.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. I told uh, you. I yeah. told you. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. They're everywhere. The I told you people are everywhere. <laughs> All right, guys. That's uh, that's our show for this week. I actually really like this format. We might have to revisit this here in a couple weeks before the season. Evan, you can even get
1: in the next because we got to get Evan in. We Evan missed out. Yeah. We got to get Evan Yeah, in. yeah.
0: yeah I, I actually really like doing it like this. We might work on some different graphics rather than just uh, my screenshots. But you know, what? whatever, guys. But we got to get out of here for Rich Rebar for Evan Silva. I'm Eric Crane. Thanks for so much for joining us on the best. their Pick Six. That's what it's called. See you later. Bye.